welcome to another episode of the Heck Yeah Comics Podcast with your hosts, David and Nick. In this episode, we name the DC streaming service, have no hope for Deadpool 3, and talk a whole lot about Infinity War. Stay tuned for all this and more! Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Heck Yeah Comics Podcast. I'm David. Nick is somewhere. You are the listening audience, and this is the show where we talk about comic books and the news and the related media and the Glavin and all that good stuff for you people to not have to wade through all the crap and find what really matters most. Yes, us. We are what matter most to you. That's right. We, we always appreciate getting your Christmas card every year. Yep, that one Christmas card from that guy in prison. Thank you, guy in prison. Thank you, guys. I still don't understand how you're getting the podcast. Um, that Okay, first off, people how many, in prison. Some prisons. How many cigarettes do you think... Have access to popular media. Some popular media. They, they probably just get access to podcasts that no one listens to. I don't think they're like, yo, man, oh. you hear you hear cereal? <laughs> I got that on my Zoom. Uh yeah. Though I will say, as much as I'm making this reference, when I actually did uh, a couple guest spots on when I what? When you went to prison? When you did a couple guest spots on what? In prison. When I did a couple, just like, you know, I visited prison briefly and saw the other side of the bus. Anyway, no one has to talk about that. But also in my past, when I was a guest, I I guested on a um, heavy metal show in college. I did a handful of episodes, or what do you call an episode on a on a radio? Episode, yeah, is fine. We're gonna go for it. We're gonna go for it. episode. Episode on a radio. Uh, eventually, we did get fan mail, and it was apparently from a guy from prison who did a uh, sketch of uh, Star Lord and I think Deadpool or something because I got referred to as Star Lord on the show, and I think my co-host uh, Hansel got referred to as Deadpool, though, or maybe it was Thanos. Oh, I think it was Thanos. I don't know. Anyway, it predates Infinity War, so clearly they got all their ideas from us. Uh-huh. Um, That's right. All though. that is to say is that people in prison can access more than well, just but you, but you guys were on, like, radio, though. Like, they could go to a station and listen to you guys. Hey, maybe someone in, like, the 300 years we've been doing this show, like, it's almost was listening four, to it. Like, next month... It's I know this month it's four. Like we might this might be our fourth anniversary show right now. Oh well, <laughs> good thing we keep track of that kind of shit. Yep. Um, 161 episodes. And maybe somewhere around episode twelve, a guy got really into our show, but then murdered another dude. Oh no! And then all he said was like, "You can take the rest of my life, but don't let me lose the Heck Yeah Comics podcast." I want. I'm curious how um, many cigarettes our show would be worth in in prison. Yeah, that would yeah. be great. Great question. Well, if anyone in prison, if, yeah, if you're is listening, listening prison, uh, please which write in. Be a great way to find out if, if you are. Uh, please let us know how many cigarettes it will cost. Uh, co- it costs you. <laughs> what does it cost you? That's a reference to Infinity War, uh, uh, right there. Um, to, how, in order to listen to our show. Yep. How, how how many cigarettes does it take to download? And what is like? What's what's the situation? You guys got like fiber in there. You guys got that uh, that Google Fiber all hooked up in there. Are you running on like uh, you're running on dial up, huh? What's what's the right, deal? What's the cigarette power? What's to, cigar- to to quantum tr- fiber optics something? Wow. Yep. That's how I the internet words. works. I that was, those were words I read them on a wiki article at some point. All right. Well, I think uh, you're done embarrassing yourself. Why don't we just go ahead and get into our news? Our top story today. After a disappointing summer, Humpty Dumpty has a great fall. All right. Starting us off, we now know the name of DC's streaming service. They uh, announced a while ago they were going to be doing a, uh, as like everybody is freaking doing right now, uh, they are doing their own streaming service. We don't know all the details yet, but we do know. 
that its name, its name which is DC Universe. A little bit on the nose, if you ask me. A little bit on the nose. <laughs> I kind of felt the same thing. Uh, we also, you know, they they announced oh a fourth show. Okay, when I checked earlier, there's only three announced, uh, three title cards up there. But there, of course, was Titans, which we know about, at Swamp Thing, Young Justice Outsiders, which is the third season of Young Justice, and uh, some Harley Quinn show, which I believe will be animated. Um, I don't remember what the Swamp Thing show is, though. Um, I think it was. It's probably. I, don't know, I think it was announced within like today. I think it was announced earlier today. Something so. drama series from James Wan in works at DC D- Digital Service. Wait, James Wan, director of Aquaman. I I'm checking deadline here, so this is, might be a bigger news story that we're going on. So, uh, which is officially announced as even a script to series order to Swamp Thing is drama based on the characters created by Lynn Wynn and Bernie Wrightson. The project hails from James Wan's Atomic Monster in association with Warner Brothers Television. Uh, they're targeting a 2019 premiere on DC Universe, which is set to launch with some other stuff. Uh, Titans was supposed to be followed by Metropolis about Lois Lane and supervillain Lex Luthor. Uh, well, now the live-action drama series, which had a 13-episode straight-to-series order for the, okay, so this is I'm learning some things that I should have known earlier. Uh, Sounds like our show. So yeah, this there's not a whole lot of information on this just yet. Uh, I'll be curious to find out more about Swamp Thing as this develops. I'm also I'm curious too. So DC Universe, I don't know. They they say the ultimate DC membership is coming. It is a first-of-its-kind immersive digital experience designed just for DC fans. I'm One of the many incredible things your membership will include is unlimited access to the following exclusive original series. One of the many things. Please. Is, please, this, please, is this going to be their Marvel Unlimited? Please. I think let it be. If it, I want if it, it to is be. the Marvel Unlimited for them on top of their original content, sold. I, I will purchase it yeah, for you know a what? while. You know what? I'm going to put in my, my email address. Uh, I'm going to get my... I just I signed up for more information. So as it comes, it'll come directly to my email and we'll, we'll be able to get the hot scoop here on the show. I will also put my email in in case you fall off a cliff. It's, that's great. Yeah, because I imagine you would keep this show going if I fell off a cliff. Um, uh, but this um, is... Yeah, this yeah. is this is cool information. It's, you know, it's it's cool that we're, we're seeing some traction on this stuff now. Uh, that, you know, we've seen pictures of the Titans characters. They've been talking about it for a while, but this whole streaming service didn't really seem like it was taking much shape. And now they're like, all right, look, things are real. Things are happening. And, uh, here's what's, here's what's going on. I'm glad to see that it is going to be something more than just some streaming shows though. And I, I want to know the specifics. I'm really hoping it's their, their Marvel unlimited, you know, uh, DC universe, but I don't want to say, I, I, my brain goes like they're Marvel Unlimited killer. It's not a killer. It's just like they're Marvel Unlimited equivalent. Right. At and, the end of the day, we we all win if that's what we right. get because there is so much DC that so you know much. As, as much as I've grown into DC over the years. Like there's there's so much that I would love to tackle that just oh, yeah. really isn't feasible. I would love to read some of the, some of the old Teen Titans. I want to read. I've never read the Judas Contract, and uh, I would super be super super into reading that and seeing what that is all about. Right, I'd love to, like, Legion of Superheroes, I feel like, oh, is a, yeah. a group that I've always wanted to get into. Like, the Great Darkness Saga, I've heard a lot of great things about. I haven't tackled that yet. I mean, this, this would just be, there's so many different corners of DC Universe. It's so complex and diverse oh, yeah. that it would be awesome to uh, dip in. Oh, so. if, the, if the Earth-1 stuff would be on there, too? Oh, man. The newer Earth-1 stuff? I mean, just, like, Earth-1, because there's still some old Earth-1 stuff I haven't read that I would be, you know, if you even if it was like, oh, well, you know, you, we'll release the new ones a year after they come out, I would still be cool with that. Yeah, fair. Me too. Me too. Me too, David. Uh, And other news, jumping across the pond to the uh, Marvel side of things, uh, we have learned that Avengers Infinity War has earned $800 million around the world. Yes. In six days. In six days. Breaking all kinds of records. Yep. It is on track by Friday to make a billion dollars, which will make it the fastest movie to do so. Now, uh, 
that's the the domestic gross is 305 million which uh it actually is behind um Force Awakens Force Awakens had that was you know it was like 25 million I thought it did break Force Awakens it, it's broken Force Awakens it, it's broken Force Awakens record internationally but domestically Force Awakens had at this point had made more money but it is on track to break a billion before Force Awakens did which is like pretty crazy And this movie hmm. still hasn't come out in China I think I believe that's what I've heard. Yes. Russia and China. That's so crazy. Which I, not, I don't think that there was really any scene in China that catered to Chinese audiences. So well, that's no, no, but that's that's still a huge. It's all right. I mean, they're going to see it the anyway. But I just noticed yeah. that in a lot of latest blockbusters, usually they have some kind of Chinese financial backing, and they'll end up having. And I'm not saying that in terms of having more Chinese representation is a bad thing. Just well, I feel like it's kind of a direct parallel to them or correlation to the. Well, and and Marvel, I, Marvel, I don't know, I'm digging myself into a hole. Marvel has catered to the Chinese audience before. There was like Iron Man three, Iron Man three, uh, Thor two, uh, Thor Ragnarok. That Thor the, two, Thor two. The, there's a scene when um, like the portals are opening up towards the end, and you see the one guy of the warriors three like you see him for just a sec he's the one who's like i'm gonna stay on my home world i don't know if i'd call that pandering no 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 no, no, no. hold up in in the just like they did with iron man 3 they like filmed additional footage with that actor like additional action scenes that were only in the chinese cut of the film oh even though hogan wasn't chinese it uh it doesn't matter he i guess does well in the asian markets Matt Damon does really well in the Asian markets, all right? I don't know what Matt to tell Damon you. would do well in the Asian markets because it's Matt Damon. Oh, yeah. Matt Damon does great in every market. Did you ever see The Great Wall? No. It's it's on my list, my very long list. It'll be on, when it's on a streaming service and I've had a little too much to drink. I'll throw it on. Those are the good times. Those are the good times. But yeah, Infinity War, which we're definitely gonna, you know, we're gonna dig deep we're later on talk the show. A lot about Infinity War, guys. Making making a lot of moolah, and I mean, good for them. Like in a lot of ways, like Marvel, like it's easy to think of now, like Marvel is this unstoppable machine, but it wasn't always that seemingly certain. It, maybe even now, it really isn't that certain. Like one false move, and the whole kingdom could topple. But I mean. They took a chance, you know, with Iron Man, and it's, you know, they whether they knew what they had at the time, and they had, like, hopes and dreams of what they could accomplish over the next decade, you know, they eventually got together and formed a plan, and there was some bumps along the way, some disagreements, but, I mean, for the most mm-hmm. part, as we can attest, as having just rewatched a lot of these movies, all of the movies, all of the movies, yeah, that, like, for the most part, they succeed. Yeah, and I, so, I was I was reading this thing the other day where it was like Marvel, uh, Marvel was ready to sell all of their film rights to Sony. Like Sony could have had the MCU, they could have had the rights to the MCU, but at the time Sony was like, no, we'll give you less money and just take Spider Man, which at the time was the right move. Uh, Spider Man, you know, I, I don't know. Well, I don't know if at this point Fox had the rights to the X Men or or whatnot, but like. When that happened in probably like the '90s, like X Men or Spider Man was the Marvel character that everybody knew, and you know they forced them to get creative over at Marvel Studios when they made like an Iron Man, and a Cat film, and a Thor film. Which like to me, I'm like, oh yeah, like I, those are known quantities, but I, you know, for a lot of people, they really weren't. They were kind of like the second tier heroes, and to have used that as the like the, the basis is is pretty cool. But we'll get more into our Infinity War talk and and oh, okay nope we're good <laughs> uh, there was a, there was a bug in my room I was not sure what it was but I'm just going to try and ignore it uh, oh no Topanga oh no gonna pause the show all right bug situation has been handled I don't even know how that got into my room uh, anyway continuing on with the news Deadpool three might not happen according to Ryan Reynolds. So Deadpool 2, which is coming out May 18th, which is just a couple weeks away here. Uh, while doing press, Ryan Reynolds was, of course, asked about a sequel. And he says, I don't think there will be a Deadpool 3. I think going forward, it would be an X-Force movie, which would be his team. 
Except X-Force is much different than the Avengers. X-Force is generally made up of people morally flexible. They are guys who do the work the X-Men wouldn't or couldn't do. So dealing with this ragtag team of men and women who don't have the strong moral compass the X-Men or Avengers do. Beyond that, I know it's a pipe dream that would probably never come true, but I'd like to see a Deadpool Logan movie. I'd like a Wolvie Pool movie, Reynolds added, but Hugh Jackman apparently retired despite the fact that I've been protesting almost hourly. Uh, so this isn't anything kind of official, but, you know, Ryan Reynolds would kind of be the guy on the pulse of things here, and, uh, yeah, I don't know, it's interesting that he, think he says, like, yeah, there wouldn't be a Deadpool 3, but we'd do an X-Force. Right, I mean... I think they're they're definitely working towards an X Force, but and obviously well, X Force is in Deadpool too, right? I mean, X, Deadpool two already is kind of an X Force, so I'm sure there'll be a, a primary focus on Deadpool. But you know that even in an X Force movie, the primary focus would probably be on Deadpool at this point, right? Um, so it's it's hard to, yeah. Um, I I love news stories like this, and I get that this was Ryan Reynolds speaking probably somewhat off the cuff, though, to be fair, if anyone's probably pretty in the know about these kind of decisions, being that he's a producer on these movies as well, Ryan Reynolds might know if there's a concrete direction where Deadpool 3 is not a part of it. I think that they should still do a Deadpool 3 on top of... What the heck was that? (laughs) Did I also get a book? That's a book. (laughs) All right, we're going to pause the show again. All right. Apparently, this is this is an episode the bugs do not want coming out. Uh, Nick, you were you were saying something about uh, you still annihilation wave. <laughs> it's the, uh, it's the annihilation wave. You still think that they should make a Deadpool three on top of an X Force movie? Yes, though I do like the fact that you misspelled Deadpool and called it Deadpool. Deadpool. Yeah. I so mean, I really want I really want to take this Deadpool and see uh, what uh, what the uh, consensus is. Yeah, I mean. It's one of those things where in an ideal world, why wouldn't they just make an X-Force movie and a Deadpool 3 movie? You know, I mean, for example, if Cap can appear in Avengers and in three Cap movies, like, obviously a part of that comes down to Ryan Reynolds as well. Like, I don't see why Fox would say no to money, because they'll make money on X-Force film, they'll make money on a Deadpool 3 film. Right, well, I and think... I, uh... What I also like is this... <laughs> when it comes to news stories, we're like, this probably isn't happening. This might not be going on, or we think this might go right. off. If, if it wasn't Ryan Reynolds, I wouldn't have put this news story in here. I just thought it was a very interesting perspective from like the guy who has put so much into these movies and getting them made and all that. If it was just like, oh, well, you know, some random producer is like, I don't know if we're going to do a Deadpool 3. I'd be like, shut up, jerk. Right. Um, I mean, I could definitely see there being a Deadpool 2 and then an X-Force 1, 2, 3. Yeah, I mean, I think part of it, too, is, like, the Disney-Fox merger slash Disney purchasing up, like, property. And now now I feel like the excitement's worn off a little bit and people are starting to be like, oh, this is probably not a great idea for them to have all this stuff. But uh, it's too late, guys. The wheels are turning. Uh, I think, yeah, there's kind of a there's probably not a lot known right now. Cause it's like, what's going to happen if Disney gets, to, and we, you know, they, they've said like, Oh, we don't want to censor Deadpool. We're not going to, we're not going to censor. We're going to reinvent the wheel, so to speak. Right. You know, you'll have, you'll, you'll have all these X-Men who will probably be part of the MCU, despite how much I will hate that. But you'll have like Deadpool being like, remember when we were separate guys, meta fourth wall, I know things, bah, I'm Deadpool. Uh, Deadpool writers, if you guys need me to come punch up the script, I am available. <laughs> yeah. Um, and some quick hits. We have we have learned that Doomsday Clock, the uh, already classic DC event that's yet to finish, uh, its fifth issue has been pushed back again. Sorry, the fifth and sixth issues have been delayed a month each, having no. already been delayed. What? That's what it says right in the, the Doomsday URL. clock has been pushed. It was originally pushed back. Uh, wait, nope. You are correct. Continue. Yes. They moved it to a bi-monthly schedule and then made it later anyway, which well, people are going to freak. People are going to freak. So Now, David... Your okay, well, what I was going to say is that it says that it was originally solicited to come out as May 23rd, but has been rescheduled to June 20th. And then uh, there, and then after that report, DC Comics came out and said, oh, no, it's coming out May 30th. 
And I did see I did see that uh, tweet from Jeff Johns. I, I did not see any tweet. What did what did Jeff Johns say? So Jeff Johns said that it's coming out the thirtieth. Cool. Doomsday, cool. Doomsday, so, Doomsday Clock. So Doomsday so. Clock number five comes out May thirtieth. May thirtieth. That's 30th, awesome. Which is like well, which is still a week later than it was originally supposed to come out. There now I remember when I was a young pup, so many years ago. I'm going to be 30 this month, everyone. Just want to put that out there. Um, I would get upset. Like, Civil War is going to be X number of months late. Like, what the heck? Or whatever other events going on. Infinite Crisis. Whatever we read when we were young. And, um, which I feel like we just, I just alienated, like, any, like, older fans. It was yeah. like, that was when they were young. Like, I remember when Spider-Man stopped the Juggernaut or something. Yeah, that was the event of the that is, season. That is, that is the only uh, that's the only event I can think of. Um, anyway, and it, I mean it sucks. Don't get me wrong. I I have no problems with people that that get are frustrated, rightly so, when an event or event or a book or whatever is is seriously delayed. But and it can certainly muck up the schedules and all that. But at the end of the day, like say three years after the after Doomsday Clock is complete, assuming that the overall story sticks its landing. You know, am I going to hold on to that grudge of it being super late, or am I going to have this nice-looking doomsday clock collected, or the right. issues, or whatever, right. and just be able to look back and say, "Wow, that was pretty awesome." Yeah. No, I mean, I'm still pissed about how long Civil War took to come out. So, you know, I'm just gonna I'm gonna be real bitter about did it. You, did David? Did you even read Civil War? I yeah. Just want to ask. Yeah. Did you, you? Yeah, you did. I didn't really fully understand what was going on because I didn't have my finger like on the pulse of Marvel at the time, and. Boy, some really weird stuff happened in Civil War, guys. Like, Robot Thor, I think clone, was a thing. Clone Robot Thor. Clone Robot. Oh, my Clobot, bad. Clobot Thor. Clor. Clobot. Th- nope. Can't keep shortening it. No, they, I think he got ended up being called Clor oh, for a while, it. and then they changed his name to Ragnarok when he was on a Thunderbolts team. Well, I, I hate everything about that. It was the best story ever uh, but that being said not all stories can go on forever doomsday clock just might um it really see. might uh david i'm gonna give you the honors of this last quick hit because you, i you literally can't you wouldn't stop yourself i would be halfway through a sentence and you would just interrupt me anyway so yeah, you might I, as well just start i talked about this about show it. last week and i yeah i will gladly do this one where legion the wonderful show on fx has been extended it's well second season has been extended by one episode so instead of 10 episodes there will be 11 what yay cool i mean that's really yeah that's kind of it like that's 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 why it's under the quick hits yeah and i mean that's that's cool because we we talked we talked last week about like well the ratings aren't like stellar but obviously the ratings are good enough for the show in its time slot on its channel for them to be like, yeah, we'll give you an additional episode. That's true. That, that is a sign of, of faith yeah. uh, or confidence that, that they're willing to pour more money to a show. If it's even if it's seemingly not doing as well as they would like. Yep. And, uh, and I don't know if there's been any news yet on the third season, but Hey, at least we're going to be getting this one additional episode, no matter what. Yeah, shows like that maybe they're not as they're not breaking as many waves in terms of in just terms of viewership. Uh, I feel like they really drag their feet in announcing a season three, whereas Westworld season two has had two episodes out and they've already announced the third season. So yeah, we're going the Netflix style where it's going to be like forty eight hours into the show and it's like, all right, next season's coming eventually. BoJack Horseman. New season, please. I want it. I'm ready for they, it. They already announced it, right? Like, Bojack, the next season's going to be coming. Yeah, but, I mean, it's probably not until, like, August or, like, September. We just got to make it that far, David. We got to make it that far. I know. Well, the new Arrested Development season is supposed to be dropping really soon. So I heard the, but I heard the, the, the so, last season wasn't great. So, a lot, of, a lot of people have said that, like, you know, it was fine, and then it got better on rewatches. This Friday, they are re-releasing or they're releasing the remix of season, the fourth season, where the episodes are because every episode in the fourth season focused on just one character, and there'd be some crossover here and there with other characters. And part of that was 
because of how busy everybody in that show is. Mm-hmm. Um, that like it was really hard to get Portia de Rossi and um, I can't think of uh, all the other characters like Jeffrey Jason Bateman, Jason Bateman, Michael uh, Sarah, Michael Sarah. Like it was hard to get like all of them together to do like all these episodes at the same time. So they, you know, they wrote these stories that focused on the individual characters. And I guess they've re because a lot of stuff was happening parallel to each other happening sort of at the same time. Uh, so they've remixed, they've redone the narration uh, with Ron Howard and they've edited it to apparently be a little bit longer. I don't fully understand if I read that press release correctly, that it went from like 15 episodes to 22. Uh, but they have created a, a different version of season four that is much more one big cohesive story instead of like something parsed out, which I, and I, I, yeah, I applaud them for trying to do something different. That's interesting. I mean, a lot of times shows aren't going to spend money on going back and reworking something that's already been dropped. Is yeah. season five supposed to be more of it's supposed to like I think the vignettes, or is it going to be more like the original seasons? Yeah, I think like the the poster that came out for it a long time ago was like a, a shipping container, and it was like this time they're together, whether they, they like it or not. Uh, so. Cool, cool, cool. Well, that's awesome for Arrested Development, but I bet people want to hear the arresting developments of Avengers Infinity War. I hate you. All right, fine. We'll get into our review. To the Batmobile. Let's go. All right. I am warning everybody right now, we are just going to discuss this movie just full on. Um, I don't think we're going, we're not going to do anything to avoid spoilers. So if you are listening to this episode, you have not seen Infinity War. You do not want to hear what happens in Infinity War. Now is your time to turn the podcast off. If you don't care about spoilers or you've seen the movie. All right, rock on. Here we go. So, so I got to say. Everyone dies. <laughs> like, let's just get that off the bat. Anyway, you're going to say. Yeah, my favorite scene was definitely when Batman showed up. Uh, yeah, I will. I was really surprised when, uh, they were fighting Thanos and, uh, in, in Iron Man's suit, like it went up to his head and turned into a hat and he grabbed the brim of it and turned it backwards and then was like, I choose you Pikachu. And like Pikachu was there and it was so seamless and he did Thunderbolt on Thanos and it just, I was blown out of my mind. It was amazing. That nothing, no team up is more powerful than Batman and Pikachu. And Pika, yeah, when they, oh, that was so great when they right. got I mean, it together. Kind of like the Ash Ketchum got crushed by the Gauntlet, but Batman Pikachu, it oh, and, is perfect. Yeah, Bat-chew. and like he had a little Pikachu cowl ready to put on Pikachu. Because Batman prepares for, for everything. everything. Also, weirdly enough, Batman played by Andrew Garfield, fantastic performance. Yeah, and uh, fantastic performance. Yeah, and Pikachu played by now it wasn't it wasn't like digital effects. It was played by Henry Cavill. Yes, just in a Pikachu yes. suit, and it was amazing. It was incredible how uncannily Henry Cavill looks like a Pikachu. Yeah, like you think like I'm you know people who haven't seen the movie you're like that wouldn't work, but you're gonna like watch it and you're gonna be like, wow, this really works with the mustache and everything. When I went back and rewatched Man of Steel after seeing Infinity War, I was like, holy crap, he is Pikachu. He is, Pikachu right? all over Man of Steel. It's just so crazy. So are we going to really discuss the movie now? I was really, I was really into that, but <laughs> we should probably get into our actual discussion. All right, so obviously Infinity War really wasn't as good as what we just described. I know, I'm okay. a little, like, I'm was, a little disappointed was, that that movie does not exist. <laughs> uh, I mean, Andrew Garfield was definitely in it, but you'll have to see it to find out if I'm lying or not. He's not um, in it. <laughs> Why would you say that? I, I don't know. We have all the power here. No, we don't. We don't have the stones. We don't have the stones. Um, the no, cojones. Um, anyway, Infinity War, Infinity War. Um, David, you when you when you saw it, you said, "Nick, they did it." That that did, was did they did they do it? Did they really do it? Yeah, that was my response. Like I, you were. Uh, I I went and saw it last Thursday, so the day that it came out, and I you know walked out of it and i just i immediately like sent you a message like they did it um 
Meaning to say, like, they made a movie with all of these superheroes, and they made it exciting and fun and entertaining. They made uh, Thanos a bit of a threat. I, I you know, I'm, I want to talk more about his character and kind of what the movie put emotional weight on that I thought did and didn't work. Um, but I, I did think that, like, that beginning scene where Thanos gets into a fistfight with Hulk and beats the crap out of him, I'm like, you know what? Okay, I kind of needed that to establish him as, like, ha- as a threat to take on what has been the unstoppable force in the Marvel movies and beat him into a, a little green pulp. Uh, I, I think I also texted you, like, you have to take the jaded comic book fan inside of you and push him down because this movie ends in a way where a lot of characters quote-unquote die or cease to exist who are going to return for their different sequels and franchise opportunities. And that is okay. That is fine. Uh, but the movie, I thought, did... a a decent job of kind of making you in the moment feel the weight of what happened. And I really hope that they continue that into Avengers four, where we are really feeling the weight of the loss. Right. Of everything that goes on. If there's one thing that Marvel does though, is they don't linger very long. Yeah. You know, they definitely, they set up a lot of really cool ideas and, and understandably, I mean, these, these aren't TV shows with multi-episode arcs, they're multi-movie arcs, but for the most part, they've kind of been sticking to the trilogy at format for a lot of their, you know, a lot of the main characters like Thor and Cap and Iron Man. Um, so, I mean, like, was anyone really expecting to see uh, a movie or a series of movies with Thor now as the king of Asgard? No. And guess what? You're not going to get them because the movie literally opens with the destruction though, of though, about the remaining amount of Asgardians. Uh, no, he says half of them escaped. Half, I, I said most. Which, which, is where, which is where in my head Valkyrie and Korg are. <laughs> with... The directors did confirm that Valkyrie survives. Okay, that's that's good because that character was too good to just kill off right away. And, 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 like, and completely off camera. Yeah, and it, I mean that also makes sense of like, okay, you know, things are going crazy. I'm going to trust you to protect you know, the some of the Asgardians to get to the escape pods or whatever. Right. Like right, that, right, that right. works perfectly well for me. Right. I mean... It, and that's great, and I feel like they they had them there, like all the actors were assembled. I I, I feel like it wouldn't have hurt if they really just opened Infinity War slightly earlier and showed that instead of just letting you know in a future film, which they will. Like that's that's what we got to live with now. But I think mm-hmm. that would have been maybe slightly better of an opening. Yeah, I mean the hard um, part is two and a half hour movie. You know, two right, hours, two right. hours, forty uh, minutes. You know, I was thinking of that, and there was a scene that they do and now I'm, I'm totally blanking on which one it was, but there was a scene that I watched and I was like, I feel like they could have cut that. They could have made that a lot shorter. Like we didn't need to see that development. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't really add anything and they could have taken that time and added it to this. Yeah. Cause I almost think of it as like, that, like if they wanted to emulate say empire, not empire, sorry, a new hope. Like this, this is like Darth Vader entering the ship and just wrecking all of the guards. Like they could have done, Darth Vader, you know, Thanos entering the ship and wrecking everyone with the, the, the heroes like Thor and Valkyrie and all that being scrambling, being like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Valkyrie, go with these people. And then, yeah. you know, but um, instead we, we didn't see that. Which, you know, scene was fine. Scene was fine. Got the, the story <laughs> off to a bombastic start. Yeah. Uh, and one, one thing that was kind of, you know, people, I don't know if it was a criticism when people said it, um, where people were just like, yeah, characters show up and you don't have any introduction to them in this movie. Like, you just go for it and people, like, we're getting, like, all upset of, like, well, why would you, like, of course, it's, like, 10 years of movie. Like, I think that was just more, like, that's just a very clear statement of fact of, like, what how this movie is. So if somebody's like, well, I've never really watched a Marvel movie, but I'll just go see Infinity War, like... You're gonna be you're gonna be a little bit lost on who are these right. people, what are these relationships, and that's fine. I mean, we're looking at ten years of movies leading right. up to this, and, uh, and man, that Marvel Studios intro gets longer and longer every time I see it. I swear to God. <laughs> uh, but let's kind of talk about a second, like the number of characters in this movie, where I feel like very few get strong moments. Um, I think characters that kind of carry some of the emotional weight of the film are Thor, uh, a little bit kind of Wanda and um, and Vision, but you have characters like Cap, who 
you know, he does some cool stuff in this. Actually, you know, he grabs that lance out of the air. But he, as far as, like, character-wise, there's really not much there for him. No, there's not. And, and I'm glad you brought that up because I was, re- I was reading some other people's perspectives on it. And it makes sense. This movie, especially, uh, using Cap as the example, like, he'll probably have a bigger role in, in the next one. Oh. Um, and also, in this also one, I think... his new shields are dumb. I'm just going to say that. Pointless yeah, I mean, and like, dumb. You had, he could have, even if he didn't get the main shield back, like, he could have had something. Some, something other Except than. Except little arm guards. Arm guards, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, I mean, I guess they're shield in the, in the broadest sense. Quote, unquote. Anyway. Um, um, but. Cap, Cap compared to a lot of characters that get, did get a lot of focus really had zero connection to the overall plot. He didn't have any personal affiliation with Thanos. He didn't have an Infinity, Infinity Stone. He didn't have any grudge. Thor had his grudge because Asgard was wiped out. The, the remains of Asgard was wiped out. Tony, you know, I think they kind of hit it home in the film that like he's been agonizing over the Battle of New York. You know, it's been a theme through like Iron Man three and Age of Ultron that this is something that he dreads, like the coming threat that he doesn't know, and Thanos is that threat. Uh, Vision, and then also Scarlet Witch because of that Infinity Stone. The Guardians with Gamora, and then Gamora gets a, a much bigger role in this film. Yeah. So the characters that you do spend a lot of time with have a much direct connection to the threat of Thanos so and I, Thanos himself. I want to talk about Gamora because Gamora in the Guardians films has not really been a well fleshed out character she's kind of been the thing for peter to like try to win the affections of and this movie is like okay well thanos and gamora have a relationship and it's really really important and it's supposed to carry some really big weight in this film and i think that's kind of where this movie stumbles a little bit you know, you had two films where you could, like, before this movie, if you'd asked me, what does Gamora think about Thanos? She doesn't want to live in his house anymore. That's kind of all I know. Right. You There's know, a lot that's implied in the previous films, but the fact that this one had to stop and show you a flashback of her childhood when her world gets massacred and Thanos takes her in, like, that's something that should have been in one of the Guardians films. Right, that would like, that would have been great in a Guardians film to kind of build the character of Thanos in that scene where like she where there's like the reality stone and she kills quote unquote kills Thanos and then starts crying. Like I'm supposed to think like oh she like still cares for him. It's it's hard. That's still kind of her dad. But what I don't know. I don't know that. Right there, I think leading up so. I agree that there could have been more work done leading up to this film to, you know, they would have saved them the time of having to do the flashback. That would have been more time dedicated to the opening that I want, just to be clear. Um, and to building up more, you know, because Thanos is really, this is the first time other than him smiling at the end of Avengers 1 and then grabbing and then showing up in Guardians and grabbing the gauntlet in the one of the film stingers. Like, I mean, the, the film does a good job of, like, giving you a lot of Thanos to flesh out his motivations and, like, why he's doing this and making him formidable. Um, but you're right in terms of his connections to other characters. In other movies, it's really just been done by dialogue. Yeah. Like, letting you know how important he is. And- I would say, though, if you if you take... If, if you ignore the fact that maybe more work could have been done leading up to the film, within the film itself... I thought the scene of Gamora attacking Thanos and crying was really powerful. I thought the moment when when they're on Vormir and and Thanos is finally within reach of getting the Soul Stone but has to make a big sacrifice, I thought that was really powerful. It's just it's more that it's, it's easy for our minds to get caught up in like, well, I know how, what everything that led up to this, and I felt like it, these moments could have landed even better had they done X Y Z. Yeah, yeah, and that's just, I mean that's the kind of thing. I thought they were they were fine, but they would have had a much bigger impact if I mean I knew more about how Drax felt about Thanos. Drax wanted to kill Thanos because of his family. Like, I get that. I just really didn't get, like, why Gamora didn't want... Because Thanos is a bad guy and she's not a bad guy. It's like, And that's just kind of the problem of that character of Gamora is not super well fleshed out. She's kind of the mom of the Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, she's there like, oh, you're all such children and I'm going to, like, handle things because I'm the mature woman. And that's, like, kind of the unfortunate thing that happens with shows where you have like an ensemble cast of men and like here's the girl who's going to be like you're all doofuses but i'm responsible because i'm the girl uh and speaking of voromir uh which is the other brother of boromir 
that scene where uh, where Red Skull shows up. I got stupid excited that that paid off after so very long. Because you and I like lament all the time of like, I wish they'd done more with Red Skull. Well, guess what? They did more with Red Skull. They did more. With, admittedly, it was it was very cool them just kind of paying. Right, and it's not giving it, us giving us some kind of payout, even though it's like I mean I would have preferred like Red Skull hatching some kind of evil scheme on right. Earth and fighting Cap again in present day. The idea of him being some kind of wraith, you know, lording over you know the Soul Stone um, and being a guy was an interesting twist that clearly they did because no one was going to see it coming, and yeah. the actor that stood in for Hugo Weaving uh, to portray the Red Skull does a good job. He does. It's his, has. his voice is a little bit, is a little more David Bowie than Hugo Weaving is. But uh, like, I, I could, cause when I heard the voice, I'm like, that voice is super familiar, but it's not like I couldn't, I didn't quite get Hugo Weaving. It was right. real close. He, I mean, granted that it's a Red Skull mask. Like Red right. Skull didn't really look like Hugo Weaving. You know, he looked just like the Red Skull from the movies. Uh, and obviously I would say that, the, the change of voice is fine because he still sounded pretty much like Hugo, Hugo Weaving, but granted being stuck in some corporal form for 70 years or however long it was, you know, on an alien planet, that can probably do a lot to you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is, are there any points, you know, I've got a couple more things that I, I kind of want to bring up, but are there any points, anything that like stuck out to you in the film that you just kind of want to mention, talk about? Um, it's, I, I know I had gripes about it. I, I always complain about. I mean, I having rewatched the Guardians films, like they're probably two of my least favorite Marvel films now. Um, I didn't mind the characters as much in this, uh, where you, where initially they get definitely get played for a bit. Left. I'll say, being that I literally came from seeing it a second time to doing this podcast, that I, I I was more amenable to the Guardians this time around. Drax, other than his stupid, like I've been standing still for an hour, old crap. Like, uh, I think it was fine for the rest of the film. Peter, I think I, even though, like, I thought he was really annoying and he obviously screwed everything up. Um, but, but that was believable was to me, powerful. his reaction. It's it's definitely understandable. This is definitely a movie where I think it's easy to criticize certain characters, you know, but you got, I mean, you have to think of the emotional context. Like, emotionally, people make a lot of mistakes just because logically it makes sense. Like, why would Gamora give up the location of the Soul Stone to save a sister that was constantly trying to kill her, even though they bonded a little bit? Like, she had the whole spiel with telling Star-Lord to kill her, which, you know, surprisingly enough, Star-Lord actually does pull the trigger, um, but Thanos stops him. Um but like, but then, but she decides that her life wasn't worth anything. But she's going to make sure that Nebula is spared, even though Nebula dying would say could potentially save and Gamora. And because Gamora also keeps trying to kill herself, so like, there's, I feel like Gamora's attitude up until that moment was, you know, the few like they kind of repeat in the film, the few are not worth the many that will be lost that Thanos wins. Uh, but then characters routinely go back on that belief. <sighs> when stuck in an emotional situation and it's frustrating from a logic standpoint and us being in the audience and watching it, I can, I get it, but I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Like you're seeing your sister who you have a very complex relationship with being tortured and yeah. it might seem stupid to give up the location of one of the stones, but you, you break under pressure. Though, though to be fair in a couple of those uh, points as well, you know, Dr. Strange gives up the time stone because he knows this is like this is the path that needs to happen in order for us to win you know they they kind of they they don't say that point so much in the movie directly but it's very heavily implied by him you know he sees the future and i believe he's taking the actions he needs to take for them to win we're in the end he literally says this needed to happen right this needed to happen and then when it comes to vision you know they're like we're not going to trade your life but when it comes down to it like wanda kills him Right. Wanda, right. When it comes up to it, but how many Wakandans died? Yeah, and you know, I do want to say the movie did not happen exactly as I said it would, but it happened pretty close to how I said it would. You want to go uh, over your play-by-play? Yeah. So my my play-by-play was uh, Thanos is you know going to pick up after like the film. Loki was going to give up the stone, which he did like almost immediately. Then the rest of the movie is going to be like them collecting the stones, which it kind of, it was them pursuing the stones. They weren't exactly collecting this. They did collect the soul stone, but they didn't quite get the mind stone and the time stone. Um, I thought that, I thought that, I thought that they would get those ones. And then the last one would be the soul stone. 
Uh, but I'd never had that like detail. Anyway, I, the last stone would then be in Wakanda where the, like the big fight would take place and, 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 uh, of course they would break through and then you would have, uh, Thanos marching up to get the last stone and all the heroes trying to fight him off, getting beaten down one by one cap being the last one to get in the way. And that's where I thought cap was going to die, uh, with then Thanos getting the stone and, uh, you know, doing whatever he was going to do. Cause I, I always, I did picture them ending it on a down note. So mm-hmm. I got really close in a lot of ways. The stone was in Wakanda. Steve being the last one to like put up a fight against Thanos before getting put down, not killed, but getting put down. Uh, I obviously did not see the fight happening on Titan, which was probably one of my favorite action sequences actually was them fighting Thanos on Titan Oh, him him pulling the moon down. Him pulling the onto moon onto the planet. That oh god, that was so cool. And you uh just Doctor Strange using the like the uh sling ring to like transport them around in like their different location like them doing all their like little things and uh Mantis, you know, Mantis having her one moment of like I'm going to use all my power to try and like calm his mind down just long enough. Like I I liked I liked the way they all played off one another there. Uh but man I got eerily close to how this movie was going to go. Right. To be fair, the, the stone was in Wakanda, but it wasn't hiding in Wakanda. They brought Vision to Wakanda and True. it acted as the last stand. Um, otherwise, yeah, that was that was basically it. Um, I've seen some people gripe about like the Black Order, uh, or in this film, the Children of Thanos, kind of getting short-thrifted. Uh, but, yeah. but I mean, like... They were cool enough. They they were action pieces. Right. They you know they you had a pretty good idea of their personality, which is they were a holes, <laughs> right. and you know they they served they served what the plot needed. Like I wasn't ever expecting a Black Order movie. You know. No. Just. I think I think definitely there are people, and I say this every time a big ensemble piece comes out, or just any movie that might deal with you know even like even if it's a solo film, but like Black Cat's gonna be in it. Like, it, they might be your favorite character, but. You have to reset your expectations because not every character is going to be serviced the way you want. And your favorite character, like, say, if your favorite character is Cap, like, Cap wasn't the main focus of this movie. No. You know? No. Um, I of A fun note about the Black Order, Children of Thanos, whatever, um, the line where it's like, I don't think so, Squidward or whatever uh, he says, uh, yeah. in France is translated to Voldemort instead of Squidward. Which, which it works in both in both respects, right? Oh yeah, yeah. No, it it, it totally does. I, um, that was that was pretty funny. Okay. Surprisingly, in the I, I feel like people didn't laugh a ton in my first viewing, the the initial viewing. But in this one, uh, the one earlier today, like there really wasn't that much laughter. Like I definitely was like because I already heard a lot of the jokes. I was like chuckling to myself or, you yeah, know. I but can't, I can't overall, remember. the theater barely laughed i can't remember any joke i mean there's moments of levity um sometimes maybe you know inappropriately so but that's an avengers movie they're a little bit quippy um but i can't think of like any jokes that like really made me except for like the hulk a hunk of burning fudge which i want that flavor like why is that hunger burn oh i that's what that's what it was called i I knew they said stark raving walnut or something okay i did my yeah my my theater was my theater was laughing at something so i didn't quite hear um I didn't quite hear what they said the Stark one was. Stark uh, raving hazelnut. Stark raving. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I would probably eat that. That'd probably be pretty good. I'd but the like fact like the hazelnut. fact that they did not get Ben and Jerry's to release promotional fla- those promotional flavors is just insane to me. Right. Right. Maybe uh, they'll still come out. Maybe maybe yeah. this will be a post deal. They didn't want to spoil the movie. Yeah. There you go. How crucial those ice cream flavors were to the overall success. Yeah, and they nerfed. Uh, they they sidelined the Hulk for this film, which was kind of surprising. I, except, they did, and I, I I liked it. I mean, no, I did too. Character wise, it 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 was an interesting choice to make, but also I think works just given how Hulk has played out. Right. You know, it it plays into some character growth for Banner, which is nice because he doesn't really get his own movies with the weird Universal deal going on. Yeah. But also they've always established like, oh, well, once Hulk shows up, the fight's over. Right. And you didn't have that in this because there was no Hulk. And I'm really curious to see how that's going to uh, how it's going to play out in Thor. That One thing they didn't explain is how, uh, not Thor, how it's going to play out in Infinity. Avengers 4. Avengers 4. Oh, geez. So many words. Um, 
they never explained how we got the Hulkbuster armor. I, whatever, I can overlook it. But there is one point where the CGI, the green screen, looked really funny to me. And it's after, uh, it's like after everybody's you know been disappeared. I know exactly um, what scene you're referring to. Go on. And it's in the background. There is the Hulkbuster armor with the head down, and it's uh, Mark Ruffalo, Bruce Banner's like head is sticking out of it. Did you like you? Is that the yeah, one you're talking no, about? It, 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 it seems looks so awkward. It to me. looks Something so awkward weird. and out of place. <laughs> the, like when I when I saw the movie and I saw that, I almost started laughing. Right. That's how weird it looked. Right. It definitely it was super off, and like, super noticeable. And like all these people just disappeared. Uh, and like the Vision's dead body is on the ground there. It's been a super emotional moment. I'm just kind of like, it looks really weird. And he says something right. He's not just standing there. I think. Does he say something? I don't remember if he does or not. I don't, you're the uh, one who just saw I, it. I, I just saw it again. I can't remember if he, if he said it was, anything. It was just so uh, distracting. Either way, like, it stuck out to me both times I saw it. Like, mm-hmm. he, he was off. Yeah. Uh, so I don't want to, like, I don't want to get, like, just gripey. Um, but this is my last gripe. Last gripe that I just, I kind of want an explanation for. <sighs> so they go to the forge to get thor's awesome new hammer axe thing which is stormbreaker stormbreaker which is pretty awesome much, if you ask me <laughs> yeah you have you have dinkle giant there uh and he's like oh thanos came here and made us forge a weapon that can control like the can uh control the infinity stones like as if this was like a recent thing that he'd like you know he'd picked up the glove like kind of recently uh you know like asgard had kind of been keeping tabs on what was going on at the forge but 1,500 years ago, they showed the, the gauntlet in, in Odin's treasure room. I don't know. That's just one thing that, like, it kind of bugged me where it's like this is supposed to – they made it seem like, hey, here's a thing that, like, happened not, not that long ago. Uh, but – is like, yeah, it's a, it's a, they basically the, it's the, a plot the, inconsistency. They basically, you know, they want to do a very specific scene for this movie and, and either forgot or ignored, you know, how information was previously established in another film. Yeah, I mean, they even went as far as like calling the the gauntlet in Odin's chamber a fake. Right, right. Um, Which that's fine. Was it just like, oh, this is proof of concept, and we're going to give it to you and just hold on to the original? Right, and also it was the at the end of Age of Ultron where Thanos shows up and then is like, "I'll do it myself," and pulls the gauntlet out. So, right, the 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 Vlita Millimir, the the dying star place, the Forge, um, presumably, if if Thanos going by the new continuity um, had had them forged, that they they've that star's been out for several years. Yeah, since since Age of Ultron, at least a few years. Uh, I mean, it's one of those things where, like, you're right, 100%. It's a, it's a plot inconsistency that you just kind of have to either let it ruin the entire movie it's, for it's, you. It's or, not going to ruin the movie. It's just something right. that, like, uh, it's, you know, that super that, that superhero comic book nerd in me who's like, I got a little bit of a gripe, guys. Uh, though I, I do like Thor's new weapon. It's pretty cool. I liked the whole uh, moment where Groot helps bring the thing together. And, you know, part of the weapon is, like, him because he created the handle of his own body that was pretty metal uh i also really thought for me the strongest emotional moment was the moment between thor and rocket where you see thor really like not you know not being the brash hero he's been he's really kind of broken by the series of events that have happened to him over the last few months and uh and to me that was just a really it was a really good moment for rocket and you know time to be the captain and a really great moment for thor to like just show what this guy's been through and that he's not you know he's not just brushing it off right in in the guardians movies like i really didn't care for rocket uh i thought he was i mean i thought all the characters were obnoxious and i mean (laughs) sorry james Gunn, but like have the russo brothers direct guardians 3 because that's what i want to see um but one of my concerns was you know the opening obviously was very devastating for thor and then when he meets the guardians like other besides just like having been like hanging out in space like you know after like the rest of his people and like family have died you know like it's a really glib funny scene and like he doesn't like he's he, he's obviously like distraught there's a sense of distraught there like it's kind of implying but like the jokes just keep coming yeah. um you know, and it was still a good scene, but then my concern, like, after I finished watching that scene was, like, they're really not going to touch on 
what happened. Like every crazy thing that's happened to Thor over the last couple of films. Um, so when they got to that Thor rocket scene, like it was, it was awesome. But he stopped, like he was near tears, like he's trying to, you know, be strong and, and hold him back. But like commenting on just like how weird and screwed up and, and like devastating everything's been was great work. Like if anything, Thor out of every character, like, you know, you might, people might have different opinions about Thor Ragnarok, but, but Chris Hemsworth and Thor in this movie like probably one of the best things in terms of emotional range mm-hmm. hits a lot of great notes in terms of action sequences the store unleashed you know he does like most of the cool things in the movie he relights a star yeah you know he shows up on the battle scene and it's just lightning bolting shit everywhere uh, and i, and I love and i love that idea of like okay well like now you guys are screwed right right thor showing up was like was a, a and, was and, turning was a, a tide turn and he um, and he gets the last i mean he gets the last hit in on thanos right there at the end in a lot of ways kind of deserved you know there's yeah. a lot of characters that that kind of deserve to get to get a hit on thanos but you know in recent memory thor is the one that's been most devastated by right and I, and I love kind of the playoff of that of like you should have aimed for the hand oh snap head. or did he say head yeah i mean oh, okay. i mean he could have hit the hand but i think if I he thought, hit for the head then he's already yeah dead. he would have it would have he would have killed him instantly instead of going for the glove there which is also like why didn't thor aim for the head because he's you're probably aiming for the thing you're most likely to hit which is going to be the big old body instead of the like little head right but also you're chucking an axe man an axe hammer um axe hammer axe hammer i also thor Thor was great in this film thor thor was really great in this film i also uh really enjoyed the the brief little bucky rocket team up where bucky bucky just picks up rocket and they do that spin it's like oh i am getting that arm uh as we're kind of running out of time here kind of winding down the scene at the end where everybody's disappearing you know the quote-unquote death scenes uh were there any of them that really like hit you impacted you you were sad to see um i mean did that scene have weight i guess in any way I mean, Vision actually dying, you know, because he got so pumped. Vision died yeah. twice. I, I, I got a text from a friend that was just like, man, just like sucks to be Vision. Like, dude <laughs> gets killed by his girlfriend and then gets brought back to life only to die again. Yep. And this is after just being stabbed like three times over the course of the yeah. movie. He had, it, he had it rough. Dude had it rough. This is the, the tragedy of the Vision. Um, so besides that, though, um, Peter Parker. Yeah. Uh, on Titan, when Peter, like, I like one theory. Um, uh, my friend was telling me that, that the reason Peter kind of had the biggest reaction out of everyone, this might just be headcanon, was that his spider sense was going off and making him feel weird. You know, because uh, everyone else just kind of, they're just like, it just kind of happened and just vanished. Right. No one else, no one really reacted emotionally. Um, but Peter was like super scared. I mean, which was great because they, in that moment, like, you forget. Like here's Spider-Man on a freaking you know alien planet, yeah. You know, but wait a second, he's just a teenager and he's freaking the uh, hell out because he just realized he's going to die. It was so, and yeah. it was so good. I also had a, I also, I had an emotional reaction to Groot because you, you know, you have Rocket there watching Groot disappear and die, and yeah, you know, Groot died in the first uh, Guardians movie, but there was that thing at the end of like, well, here's new Groot, Groot two, but this was actually like, nah, there's no, you know, no resurrection, quote unquote, no resurrection for this guy. Like his whole body is disappearing. Uh, one thing that you kind of mentioned to me that I definitely agree with is obviously these last deaths at the end, they're going to get undone. We're going to get Peter Parker, Spider-Man back. We're going to get, um, Black Panther back. We're gonna get Bucky back. Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. Uh, all these guys are gonna be. They're gonna be coming back. But there does like there still needs to be something to make them coming back to make this all have stakes. And you mentioned like the deaths that happened before, like Gamora, Loki, Heimdall, having those stay, having those people stay dead. And I I would like that too. I don't think Gamora will. I think Gamora is going to get brought back. Unfortunately, I agree, and, that, and that's the sad thing. Like Hemdell, supporting character. Hemdell was a great character, but he was a supporting character. Like they yeah. they're kind of made to die. Um, 
Loki. Uh, Loki was, you know, he had a he had a, he was a complex character and had a had a, an interesting arc. But at the end of the day, he was also a supporting character and also a villain. Yeah. Um. So I wasn't necessarily surprised at his death. A little surprised, like I'm surprised that Marvel did pull the trigger on him. Um. But also, not entirely unexpected. Gamora is the one I that makes a lot of sense the way that the film set it up. But also, like, especially for Thanos, like the. There's a couple of ways you could you could swing it and kind of rationalize why bringing her back wouldn't necessarily undermine the emotional pains of that scene. Being that Thanos is a villain, like the idea that like he had to, you know, he committed his greatest tragedy killing like the only person he loved in order to get what he wanted to bring Gamora back would be kind of flying in, flying in his face to kind of say like you yeah. don't even get that. But well, I really hope they don't bring her back. And it's like, and I do like Gamora. I thought Zoe. Uh, Saldana. Saldana. Yeah. Zoe Saldana did a like in the, especially compared to the Guardians, which I don't think she did bad in. Just maybe it was something with the script, but like I thought she did really well in this movie. So her yeah. death impacted me, and in that sense, I don't want her to be brought back. Mm-hmm. I, I think I'm hoping in order to get everyone back, there has to be a price. You know, they're gonna have to somehow use because the, they're gonna have to use the the stones to get people back and you know Thanos is as a, a titan and alien with great power and you know if it's going to be if it's going to be like Steve using it then you know I I don't want Steve to, and I know that I always harp on like Captain America has to die like I thought he was going to die in this movie he didn't at this point I'm just and I'm saying Steve it could be Tony it's whoever it's going to be that's going to reverse the process like I want I want there to I mean, be a Tony's cost. got a hole in his abdomen all right, you look, know, man, he may have sold up the gonna... opening, but I mean, there's got to be something going on inside there that ain't so good. He'll get, uh, get on the he's ship. Not so good. Proper grammar kids. They'll get on the um, ship and he'll be fine. He's got Nebula to guide him back home. Right. Yeah. I mean, he he'll obviously. You know, everyone's gonna assemble. Especially all the original Avengers are gonna assemble. You know, in the in the at least the final sequence. I do think that some some of those original Avengers will die. I uh, hope regardless so, of who, man. Regardless of the 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 the. the, the what was it? Someone called the um, the snapping. No, no, no. Snapchat, it was no, it was the snapture. Oh, that it was, was Glenn, I, I want to say so. That was Glenn Weldon, who was a uh, who was a, a critic over at NPR. He posted something recently using that on NPR, the snapture. But but he like kept talking about it on Twitter, and I you know finally got him to send it to me. Uh, oh, it's so perfect. That's the yep. the name for the event, the snapture. So, the, the snap the snapture. Um, so regardless of the, the snapshot people get brought back, hopefully Hemdell, Loki, and Gamora, and then whoever the other Avengers that survive into the next film that die trying to get everyone resurrected, um, that, that that I think they will also die. And I think especially the ones that die in the next film will stick. Yeah. You know, do but... You, yeah. Do you think, uh, just one last thing, do you think that the message Nick Fury sent at the very end of the film was being sent back to the 90s? No, he used he used a pager to reach out uh, to Captain Marvel, and some people were saying like, "Oh, it was being sent back in time to the." So you think it's just being sent out into space wherever she is? I think it's being sent somewhere. Could be space. The most I think the most logical conclusion is probably space. Uh, could be that she's been on Earth, but is inaccessible for some reason or unwilling to fight or is cut off from the world. Yeah. I don't, um, I don't know if it's something that's going on that, that Nick Fury is like, well, like something's got to happen. Like I like this is such a, this is a thing where I, I finally have to reach out to her. I don't know. She's got to be somewhere that's like only in the most extreme of circumstances. Right. Right. Um, so she's probably in space. Yeah. She's in space somewhere. Uh, maybe on, maybe on Hala, maybe working with the Kree. Yeah. Um, could be that. Ooh, I also really like the pacing of this movie where everything was happening really fast. Um, even, you know, you have that scene of Nick Fury and Maria Hill trying to figure out what's going on. Like something big's happening in Wakanda. Uh, like all this stuff kind of happening over one or two days did give a really nice sense of urgency to the film. Right, right, right. Yeah, this was a movie that was going to linger and yeah. it doesn't linger. Yeah. And it actually does. You don't realize that it's been like two hours and 40 minutes that it's been playing. Yeah. Well, I think it's safe to say that we really enjoyed the film, and I could—I still have other thoughts that I could keep talking about, but you know, don't want to sit here and drag on and on and on forever. So, if you have thoughts on 
Avengers Infinity War, we want to hear them. You can send them to us, heckyeahcomics at gmail.com, or find us on the internet, heckyeahcomics on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter, uh, Snapchat, Instagram, around the internet under the username DavLuz. That is D-A-V-L-U-Z. I'm also on two other podcasts, BrokeBot Mountain, which is a Westworld podcast, Back in Full Swing. And you can also find me on Movie Go Round. And next week, I will be on another podcast uh, called Zang This. I'll talk about it when it's officially out, but it will be another Avengers roundtable discussion. So you'll hear more of my thoughts there. And, of course, you can find Nick somewhere. Probably probably I got snaptured. Yep, he got snaptured. Not not important to this podcast, you know, circle that you're in. So I I, I turned to death. Hey, man, I never said that. I'll get you in. I'll get you on it, boo. Anyway. Same that years. (laughs) And you can, of course, find us here. Same next week. Same heck yeah time. Same heck yeah channel. Until then, goodbye. Worst episode ever.